this isn't um we, we purposefully didn't make this church planting uh school this is church planting conference and the point of it is to inspire you uh, uh to encourage you and uh and also to equip you but it's not to give you a a, a full answer or picture of um now you can go in and plant a church so uh you know that that was not our intention our intention was really just to stir you up and then give you a few things to that you can focus on give you a few things that would be helpful uh, but you know church planting school uh, that we had two years ago was five days uh, uh full days all day um and um yeah, I, I can't even remember but we went through like maybe like 20 hours or, or more and uh you know it, it was it was really an enriching time and um it, it helped people plant churches um i'm uh, you know you might be inspired to plant a church but after this conference i doubt you're uh, equipped to plant a church depending on other training and other uh, other things that you've received um and so i just want to encourage you uh, that you know it, it's not about getting a certificate and now i can go and plant a church it's about like like we've all been emphasizing your relationship with god hearing from the spirit and walking with him and as you walk with him, I mean, the things Ben was sharing now, he didn't necessarily, I, I'm pretty sure he didn't know those when he started. Uh, those are things that he may have learned the hard way. He admitted to some of that. And some of them he, he learned as he read and as he grew in um, uh, 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 leadership and things like that. And I mean, there were so many things that I learned on the job that I wish I had known when I started. You know, I was a bit upset when we started Grace Life because uh, a couple of months and even a year after having Grace Life, I realized that Bible school you know, gave me some great word, but it didn't equip me for this, this task of pastoring a church. And I realized that this is a lifelong journey of learning. And with church planting, it is too. So, you know, the best thing that you can do is realize, like so many of the, the, the speakers and interviews have said, is go and find someone who's doing what you want to do, build a relationship with them if it's possible, and, and go for it. Go for it. You know, absorb as much as you can from people, even the ones that you don't agree with on everything. You know, if you ask someone for their opinion or, or how did you do this, it doesn't mean you have to copy them. It just means you've asked them for some input. So, you know, I, I um, we were going through a, a difficult patch in, in the ministry and things were pressured and we were going through some very real challenges a, a good number of years back. And I remember sitting at my desk in my study and and the Lord told me clearly, go to this leadership conference that's happening in the United States. And I was like, I don't even know that there is a leadership conference happening. And I searched and there was one happening the next month. And uh, I'd never been to the States apart from ministry school or Bible school. So, you know, I, I spoke to my wife. She said, I think you should go. We, we prayed about it. We trusted God and, and the finances came in and, and I went and uh, uh, Chad came with me. Uh, one of our leaders, and um, you know what? We went to a conference and many conferences that are of people who are not in the same camp as us. <laughs> they are not remotely in the same theological camp as us, but they've got fruitfulness. They love Jesus. They're doing great work. Uh, um, sadly, you know, one of them is no longer in. Uh, yeah, he fell off the bus uh, uh, along the way, but we could still learn from him and from others. And then just filter it. And as a, a, as a leader, you have to mature to the place where you can filter what you receive, keep the good and, and, and spit out the bad. You know, eat the moans, spit out the, uh, uh, eat the meat, spit out the bones. Um, and, and I think that that is so important. You know, so a good question comes in of uh, if you feel move, to move forward in church and uh, planting a church after this conference, what would your first steps need to be? And, and I'm going to answer that in a moment. But I think the first thing that you need to do is obviously pray. Obviously, spend some time seeking God. Uh, 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 like Greg said, that Greg had a great outline that, that I also posted the outline on the um, the chat section there for you. A great outline on basically getting going. And I encourage you to go through those notes that we posted there yesterday and, uh, uh, and follow that. It starts with prayer. 
Okay, but but I want to back up in, uh, you know, from the practical of hiring a, a building and, and, and getting a worship leader and things like that and say, you know, before I say that, you know, I, I've emphasized it a couple of times. It's not about the, the band. It's not about the Sunday, but it also is. Okay, so, yeah, I loved what Ben was talking about with banners and, and the worship and things like that, because it's important for us to, to have those things in place. And what I love with, with Ben's uh, um, perspective and his, his, his focus is that, you know, it, it's very much about the Sunday, but it's not. It's about the impact in the person's life. It's about discipleship. And again, I want to say that Jesus never commanded us to plant churches. He commanded us to, to, to preach the gospel. You know, uh, uh, Mark chapter 16, he says in verse six, um, 15, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. So he's saying to that you've got a message, preach it. Okay. And in Matthew 28, yeah, he's saying, uh, go into all the world and teach nations, make disciples of all nations. So we're called to make disciples. We're called to preach a message. You know, that, that, and, and a church, for, like uh, Isaac said in the beginning of the conference, a, a, a church forms around the, the message, okay? And, 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 you know, we see this in the book of Acts, beautifully uh, uh, shown as well, where, you know, uh, uh, Peter or Paul, Paul would go in and he would, he, he would evangelize, he would preach. Revival or riot would happen. But re when revival came, a church would form and he would stay and he would disciple and he would equip. And traditionally speaking, that looks like a Sunday or an Albania, a Saturday or other cultures, whatever. But it looks like let's gather together once a, once a week for a celebration. Let's, let's gather for, for ho in homes for, for Bible study and for, let's gather for prayer. And you know, there's gatherings associated with church, but, you know, uh, one of those meetings doesn't, and even those meetings together don't truly, you can attend all those meetings and not be part of the church. That's what I'm trying to say. The focus is, is community and community on a mission. Okay, but the, now I, I've jumped the gun on what I wanted to do. And you know, in the beginning of church planting school, I asked this question and I want to ask you this question. And I'm, I'm trusting your answer would have changed from the beginning of this conference to, to now. And that is that, you know, what, are, what is the church that you envision? Picture the church. In your mind for a moment, like think about what is it that you're wanting to build, whether you're wanting to plant a church, whether you've planted a church, whether you're pastoring a church now, and, and you're like looking to what your church could be and should be, like what is that picture of what you want to accomplish? Vision is very important. So let's, let's consider vision for a moment. What is it that you are wanting to build? Okay. What I've found when I talk to church planters and pastors is that a, a lot of the time, the majority of the time, when I ask them to describe the church that they see to me, is a lot of the time they're describing a Sunday service. And that, that is very sad because the vision that we have is going to determine what we continuously default to build. Yeah, you might say discipleship, you might say this, you might say that, but now describe the picture of what you see. Oh, I see just thousands of people worshiping, coming to, to receive the word. And I see, see just a, a, a vibrant environment and people just being healed and this and all good things. But the, 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 the life transformation maybe isn't there or the, the, the discipleship, the impact that that people would have in the community isn't there. The, the, the seeing people receive Christ for, and, and enter into eternal life, that's not there. You know, what is it that you're wanting to build? Because the vision of church that you have in your heart, in your subconscious even, is what you're going to default to build. And if you're aiming at nothing, you're going to hit it. <laughs> if, if, if you're not aiming at, at the right thing, you're going to aim at what, what, what you're uh, uh, thinking about. You know, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. The, the picture of church in your heart is what you're going to move towards. So are you building a service or are you building a community? And then it's really vital. God, God really dealt with me on this 
way back when we started Grace Life in 2010 and 2011. And that was, are you building a service or are you building a community? And then take it to the next level. In building a community, are you, 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 you building a community for community's sake? Are you on mission to build a community? Or are you a, building a community that's mobilized for mission? And I always like to say we're a community on a mission. Because the, 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 the church is just not, not simply just the gathering together of the saints or the believers. But I believe it's a purposeful gathering together of the saints for a specific purpose. There, there needs to be an overflow. I mean, you look at the book of Ephesians. I'm, I'm teaching on the book of Ephesians at the moment. And I'm loving it. And, I, and I'm in the, the, the chapter five where it's, it's, um, it's interesting. It's not the kind of stuff that most people in our circles want to get into. And, um, you know, I'm, 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 I, the first half of Ephesians, as Greg Moore was talking about yesterday, first half of Ephesians is this is who you are. The second half of Ephesians is this is what you should do and can do because of who you are. It's the fruit of the, the second half is the fruit. Uh, half is the fruit of the first half, which is the root. And, you know, so we, we, we want to have that kind of balance in, in having the right focus so that we can have the right fruitfulness. So we're building a community that's on a mission. Mission is the, 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 the other part that brings balance to the community. We're not just here as a bless me social club. We're here to, to, to impact eternity because eternity is forever. So we need to make sure we've got the right focus, the right vision. What are we building? God spoke to us, I think it was about two and a half years ago about this. And, and I really just felt stirred up on my heart about if persecution hit South Africa and let's say Albania, because we've got churches in, in both nations. If persecution hit and we were not allowed to do church the way we do church right now, what would continue and what would not continue? What would we be focused on? And I felt so convicted from, from God that, that I needed to consider this. And I, I took it to our leadership and I spoke about it in church from time to time. If persecution hits, what are we going to be focused on? What would we do? Because we, we probably wouldn't be able to continue like we're continuing in, in terms of gathering, in terms of putting our banner out on the street, in terms of uh, uh, all the things that we like to do for marketing and drawing attention and attracting people. And, you know, uh, 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 we probably would have to stop it. And as leaders, we all said we would obviously just have to focus in on discipleship and disciples reaching out. And that's it. Like, what else could we do? And, you know, we didn't have much fluff to cut out, but, but we, were, we were then, okay, well, let's, we, we, we had said as a leadership, we need to focus more on discipleship. So I started putting together a discipleship training program that we would run through as a church and as a ministry to be able to equip our people even better to be able to reach out. And then you know what happened? <laughs> COVID came to town. And uh, 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 all of a sudden, we weren't allowed to meet like we always met. And we weren't allowed to do what we always did. And, and straight away, I saw the wisdom of God in that question and the preparation that we went through. And <clears throat> as Grace Life, as a leadership, we were never really grieved to the point of para, 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 paralysis where we, we, we over not meeting. We were upset. We love meeting. But we, we continued with the mission straight away. The week of, uh, I think that the lockdown started or a week, two weeks later, we started with an online uh, uh, um, uh, a discipleship training program where, you know, we would do, I think, three or four hours a day over five days or so. Um, and, 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 and at the end of that, we had new groups start. I think we had you know, two churches burst out of that, but we had 157 people going through that. And it had a great impact. And then throughout the lockdown, yeah, we, we've done things online and we've done, we, but, but what we've aimed to do was not what a lot of churches did. Yeah, a, a lot of churches had to take show business 
from in person to show business online. And, you know, I said to our leaders, I was like, we don't have the resources to do what other churches are going to do right now. We don't, our worship online is not going to be good <laughs> because we don't have even the sound equipment, even if we had the personnel, <clears throat> you know, we don't necessarily have the, the right uh, uh, media equipment to be able to have a great service uh, online, uh, uh, you know. And, and we don't have the lights and the this and the that that others have. So, you know, if we were to now stream onto Facebook, which isn't a bad thing, and I know Ben did it and it works and we're not against it, but we just had this conviction of we're going to do Zoom meetings. We're going to do Google Meets meetings because it's private and we're going to try and build community through that. And we had interaction and we focused in on community like that. You know, our pastors, our leaders phoned everyone in the church to see how they're doing. Are they okay? You know, we, 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 we did our best to look after people who were going through financial crisis and we ministered to people. And you know, we, 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 we did what a lot of good pastors did during this. I'm not saying we're the only ones, but we focused in on community and we still focused in on making sure there was good teaching and good discipleship happening. And we didn't kind of get on the bandwagon of, um, oh, well, it's so depressing that we can't meet. Yeah, we were upset, but we didn't dwell on that. We carried on with the mission. And one gentleman even said to me, you know, he was very upset that we weren't fighting governments on the right to, to meet. He was very upset that we weren't saying anything about this is persecution or whatever. And then a couple of weeks later, he looked back and he was like, huh, we're busier than ever. <laughs> We've got fruitfulness. You know, someone, uh, uh, we had a Muslim receive Christ. We had many people receive Christ through this time. And, and the best thing of all for me was we had saints, members of the church, mobilized for mission. And they were living the mission, doing discipleship over the phone, over the internet. You know, uh, uh, when we were allowed to meet small groups of people in homes, they were doing it in homes and in person and things like that. So, you know, the, 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 it's important for us to ask, what is church? And the biggest focus is reaching the lost in discipleship and then building a community out around that that's on a mission. And if you're wanting to plant a church or you're pastoring a church and all of this, that's the heartbeat of what we need to focus on. But now if you're moving towards planting a church, my encouragement to you, and, and, and if Ben wants to add in here, yeah, you're welcome, Ben, but you're where to start. Number one, obviously pray. you got to be in the right place. you you, you got to have the right timing like uh, uh, Greg Moore said yesterday. The biggest thing is, and this came through in, in, ben, in Ben's session too, is relationships. You, you, your trust is vital. And so, you know, I would encourage you to, number one, seek relationships with people like Ben, like myself, like Greg Moore, from where you can receive ministry and guidance and they can help get your, you ready character-wise, where they can give you input in on which building to, is, is better than the other one. Because here, here, here it is, that the cheapest building isn't the best building. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the building that looks the nicest isn't necessarily the best building either. You know, location is key if you're wanting to start a service. And this is, but the, here's the thing, and, and this is what Dylan brought out yesterday is, it, 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 you're not starting a church when you start a service. If you can see this, now, now, now I'm, I'm encouraging you, seek relationship, but then also seek relationship in people that you can minister to and disciple. Okay, and I'm going to get to the church st starting now, but seek who you can minister to and impart to and invest into and, and form a Bible study with. I mean, if you've got a few people gathering together and you're ministering to them and you're discipling them, and it starts with one and it grows to two and it grows to four and it grows to eight. And, and those people are, are receiving and they're being transformed and they're sharing what they're learning with others wow. and it's multiplying. That's church. That's fellowship. That's community. That's awesome. That's how we started. That's how a lot of our churches have started. We don't start a service generally in an area until we have one or two, preferably two or three life groups because or, or home groups because it's communities that then are gathering on a Sunday to be able to celebrate and worship and receive the word. 
So before you look to renting a building, before you look to, to, to who's going to be my worship leader and, and do we have kids' church facilities and where are the moms and, and tots going to sit, before you look to any of that, look to building into people, having people build into you so you're part of a bigger picture, but then look to having people that you can build into and minister to and have in your, your home or in a coffee shop, have Bible studies. And, and as you do that, church will start to form and throughout the whole thing pray pray mm. for people pray for the lost have a hit list of your neighbors and and friends and people that you're wanting to to see receive christ and get and, and come to a knowledge of the truth pray for them pray for them and then as you have opportunity reach out to them ben's wife amanda is brilliant with this just passionate about going and reaching out to people we've gone to nando's uh, all together once in in south africa and and you know we waited by the car for a good couple of minutes i don't know if it was half an hour or so or 20 minutes but she was ministering to ministering to a, a, a waiter or waitress and and she does that all the time and that's that's how you grow a church <laughs> is when you're doing that and when you're equipping people to do that and you've got a healthy church then so just wanted to encourage you with that. Don't, don't have this vision to build a service. Have a vision to build a community which is on a mission. And like Dylan said, you know, they didn't start a service for a couple of weeks or months. And when they eventually did, they already had a community, a vibrant community. They had, I think, three or four life groups going. And, and, and that's a, that, that, that helps build a healthy service because it's a healthy church get, getting together. Ben, do you have something that you'd like to add there? Um, first steps in planting a church, I would always go back. Luke 16 and verse 12 says, if you've never been proved faithful with that, which mm. is another man's, you'll never be trusted with your own wealth. Mm. And so my number one thing would be That's find good. a local church and be faithful to it. Just keep being faithful, keep being consistent. And at some point mm. that will open up the door to you being released into your own ministry a lot of people are trying to plant churches because they're so dissatisfied and annoyed and frustrated that they're not the top dog that they're not in charge and because of that they haven't understood certain things um mm -hmm. you know absalom was able to come at david because absalom had a luxury that david didn't have and you'll mm -hmm. never understand this until you are the senior mm -hmm. and it's this when you are senior you don't have the luxury of picking sides because you you're over everything that's you're good. over the whole house. You can't favor mm -hmm. one room over another. If you're the worship leader, you, you favor the worship room. That's your favorite room. But you should still have zeal for the house, for the whole house, zeal for the house consumed Jesus. If someone's just got zeal for their own room, you know, the worship leader who turns up, leads worship, and doesn't sit down and listen to you preach, then you've got concerns. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's still their favorite room. They've got zeal for the whole house. Mm -hmm. It's still their favorite room. You can't have a favorite room when you're the senior pastor. You can't have a favorite side. People come to you for counseling and they're going to leave equally disappointed because you're not going to take sides. Mm. And Absalom came along and said, well, if I was the pastor, I'd do it this way. And I've heard that from people. If I was running the church, I'd do this like this. And I think you probably would. That's why it would fail within three weeks because you don't realize that process won't work because you haven't seen it. Um, mm. Robert Marsback is my pastor. He runs a church in Folkestone, about <clears throat> 900 people. And he went through a horrific mess a few years ago. And I had people emailing me, you got to leave Robert. you got to stop going to him. you got to stop listening to him. And I watched him under fire. And I learned more from that year of watching him go through that than anything I've ever learned from him. Hmm. You know, and sometimes you think, oh, well, the, the, you know, this guy's getting attacked. This guy's getting this. Oh, I'll, I'll stop being faithful. No, be faithful. You'll learn your greatest lessons. Mm -hmm. And I found that there's nobody I know who's doing successful ministry. You can't chase it back to their faithfulness to make someone else's name great their That's faithfulness true. to honor someone else and mm. so that would be my number one thing it, it, I, I call it the mystery of god's gps that it doesn't so go the way you expect it never goes it's never the route you expect mm. and uh, luke, luke 16 have a look at verse 10 11 and 12 and you will see exactly the three steps to get mm. into ministry well that is great ben you know and that I mean, <clears throat> I, 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 your story, my story, I know, and, and Mark Matchin was even mm. sharing about this. And uh, it, it, it's just the journey of, of serving another vision before yep, you, you get definitely. released your own. And I mean, you know, um, I, I, I've, I've, yeah, we've all been involved in many different parts of, of church life and it helps you 
understand what's going on and it helps you to to have an appreciation for for different people in the church and you know early on uh, the 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 and this is like 10 years or more before uh, 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 even you know thinking about starting a church i wasn't interested in starting a church at this stage i remember just having a developing an appreciation for church secretaries and mm-hmm. just just giving them time to talk to them and 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 show appreciation for what they're doing because often they they're the one that everyone's uh, uh, running all over because they're trying to protect the pastor mm-hmm. and uh, and they're seen as the meanie because that you can't talk to the pastor and yeah. you know uh, <laughs> they're just they're just saints like amazing people and and so I just like learned to 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 just honor them and and all that and now as a pastor I really appreciate admin people. Like I love them. They, they, they're doing great work to support me, but at the same time, you know, I, I understand they're going through a lot, and sometimes they are just like battered up by the the congregation because the congregation sometimes people feel like they have that privilege, and and so it's like important if you're wanting to go and start a church if you've never been in a church go find a healthy church to serve in for a while go if you've never submitted to a pastor and you've just recently been born again go find a good pastor to submit to and 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 build under him for not just for three months but until god says it's done you know i I joined a church and i served there for i don't know how many it was uh, uh, maybe two or three years and 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 I had I, I realized soon that we we weren't on the same page doctrinally, in mm. that I, I during that time like got a revelation of grace for example, and it radically changed my life. And I wasn't allowed to teach it, I wasn't allowed to share it with anyone. And I stayed there for a year still after being told not to teach that because I was like God told me to be here, and so I will serve here the way that they want me to serve. And I did. And then the day God said, you can leave now, I left with honor. I left, I thanked them. And I left with, 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 with respect for them and thankfulness. And I went on to, to Bible school in Colorado after that. And, and I, I, I was like, it was like, tick, you've passed this stage of, of faithfulness. Yeah. Well, to, when, to, when I quote that yeah. um, scripture, Shane, Luke 16, 12, you can't be faithful that which is another man's. Yeah um the greek i mean i'm sure you all know greek is a much richer language than english the greek has several different words for another and the word in luke 16 12 is allotrius which is Mm -hmm. the strongest word for something that's different from you it's Mm -hmm. a foreigner it's someone from a totally different culture it's the word used in modern greek for an alien a space alien Mm -hmm. and so it's invariable it doesn't surprise me at all what you just said everybody Mm -hmm. i know who's been mm. faithful to which another man's released into a ministry, they have a story or several, but at mm. some point in that being faithful, they looked at the senior and they said, you're an alien. <laughs> I don't know why you would ever mm. do that, teach that, believe that, do it this mm. way. But you still serve and you're still faithful, even though they're alien to you. Mm. And you That's think, so man, good. I wish I was serving this pastor. I wish I was serving this ministry. Mm. I wish I was, oh, I put you here because you need to learn that not every good idea comes from your head. You need to learn <laughs> things that are different from you. You need Amen. to, learn. and so you know, it just just confirms everything I'm saying is that there are times when you're serving someone, you think, "Man, that's alien." Just mm. keep being faithful because that that's proof that you're probably about ready to get to the next level. And the closer you get to someone, the more they will do things that seem alien to you. Mm. And that's not the, the 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 permission for us to keep people away. Yeah, or, or deliberately be weird. <laughs> we are either. Uh, you know, uh, 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 I always uh, laugh at, at how new people treat me. Uh, mm. <laughs> and then, you know, we, we, even when they start serving, you know, and then uh, when they go after going on mission with me, they kind of like, this this guy is pretty normal, like, <laughs> or maybe just should be a bit more normal. I don't know. Um but you it's can like see in, the, in our church that the people who've come to our church after watching me on TV before they come, there's a totally different dynamic to people who've been with us I'm for 10 sure. years. It's I'm very sure. strange. I'm sure. Uh, it's true. So, I mean, you know, in, in heading towards a church plant, like, um, mm. you know, don't be too quick to start because that's one of the other things I tell people is like, you're going to start this and it's a baby you can't drop. Like, um, you know, you, you, you're going to, are you, are you prepared to, to, to not have a holiday for a while? Yeah, you can take off maybe from Monday to, to, to Saturday for a while, but, but you're not going to have a Sunday off for a while until you've raised up leaders who can, who can take that Sunday for you. Christmas, 
if your culture is a Christmas service, then you have a Christmas service. So, so don't, uh, don't think you're going to be able to do what you want to do on your Christmas holidays now. You know? And it's like, are you willing to lay those things down? Those are some of the important questions that you need to ask yourself. I said to my wife when we started Grace Life, we're not going to be able to go on holiday for a while now. We're not going to be able to go away. Christmas is, is with the church. And, you know, and she agreed and we, we were in it together and, and we went for it. And that's the thing. You know, it, 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 it's a huge commitment uh, uh, that you've got to be ready for. So rather ease into it by serving someone else's vision first. That's good. Another thing that I get out of what Ben is talking about uh, and the way he was sharing and, and the way um, um, he and even um, Mark uh, McCord, McCord from previous uh, session was, was sharing is just the thing of, uh, of become a, a learner. Like if you're not already, you know, how many books were recommended here? If you've, if you've clicked on those links and gone and looked for those books, well done. You're the kind of leader I'm looking for. <laughs> you know, if you've, if you've been looking, you're looking for something to read, to grow, to learn more about how to deal with people. Those are the kind of people that, you know, uh, 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 we need, like uh, Ben needs, you know, because we, 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 we want people who want to grow. You know, I'm, I always give myself, I, I give my tricks away, but hopefully this helps you. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm always looking at who doesn't have a notebook and pen. You know, because, because I've never, that, been, yeah? I've never been stabbed in the back by someone who takes notes while I'm preaching. There you go. There you go. You know, the notebook I, I, has I, to disappear first and then I get stabbed <laughs> in the back. Exactly. Exactly. I, I had a, 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 a pastor I, I shared this whole thing with. Uh, uh, she said that 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 you know, she wasn't married, and and she said she she she's never going to marry a man who, who doesn't take notes in church. And I was like, that's that's good because it shows humility that you're willing to learn. Yeah, and it's a it's an important trait we need to have. Mm. Can I can I answer some of the open questions yeah. here, Shane? Please go for it. I'll start Whichever with Tim and Sarah's. Tim and Sarah, part of the Tree of Life family, they're helping us plant in Nuneaton. And the question is, what change have you had the most difficult implementing? Well, let, let me just give you a few general principles of change, and then I will answer the question. Mm. Um, change is best when you have three things. Time to mm. plan it nice and slow and maneuver the thing nice and slow. You know, you've all been in a car where someone's changed direction too quickly. We like to change nice and slow. Um, trust. People, you've built this big bank of trust. And everyone likes you and they trust you. And okay, this seems a bit weird, but we're going to go with you because you're not letting us down. And finally, treasure that the change is obviously going to make things better for people. Mm. Uh, in general, in the UK, I don't know what it's like in South Africa, but in the UK, the hardest thing to change is the way you do worship because it's emotional to people, it hits people's mm. emotional buttons. The hardest change I've had to shepherd was we had one of our pastors in one of our churches resign very suddenly and leave the whole network. Hmm. Why was that so difficult? My time, I don't have the time. There's a church without a pastor. So I'm now under a very urgent time constraint. Um, I've lost trust. People are like, well, why is he, where's he gone? He hasn't told me where he's gone. He hasn't let me know. Did I do something to run him off? Did I? So people are thinking the trust, and my trust is low, and I don't have a treasure to put hmm. in there. Now, I noticed Ashley's on at the moment. Ashley passes our Croydon church. So we did a little shuffle, and we moved Lee Collinwood from Croydon to Brentwood, and we moved Ashley, who was helping one of the elders at Guildford, to become a pastor and become the pastor of Croydon. Now, if those two changes, and uh, I hope Ashley loves me after the end of this, that the Brentwood one was a lot easier because Lee has been prominent in Tree of Life family for so many years. The Brentwood church knew Lee was a treasure. They were happy that you're going to get a new pastor. Oh, no. Oh, no. But it's Lee. Oh, that's awesome. Whereas you went to the growing church, you're going to get a new pastor, and it's Ashley in the cat. Who's Ashley? You know, so we had to steward that a bit more and bring Ashley in and keep Lee there for a little bit and do some stuff. To, and I had to make sure that change was done in Croydon. Once that was done smoothly in Croydon, the Brentwood one was then quite easy. Now, Ashley, just because I know you're listening, if you had preached the message you preached at a summer conference this year before, then out of time, it would take me one week to get you in Croydon. They'd have all cheered and got you there, and it'd all been awesome. But because you understand, there was a time issue. So because we didn't have a treasure there that people knew and they were looking, they were looking for. I made sure that was a longer 
transition. Because there was less treasure, I took more time. Does that make sense? So time, trust, and treasure are the three things. So because we have a past that suddenly disappear, my time's low, my trust is low, what's the treasure? Mm. So I had to basically, for weeks, drive to Watford myself and mm. pass to the people. Because if I gave them another pass the too quickly, they wouldn't have. And then we realized, it took us a while to realize, actually, it was so, it's so obvious now, and I'm saying this, Watford's meeting right now, they started 23 minutes ago, so nobody from Watford's listening to this. But, I mean, it's so obvious now that patience should be the pastor of that church mm. that I don't know how it took me a while to work it out. I do apologize. Sometimes I'm blind. But, you know, when it happened and she took it on, people realized she was a treasure because she was there from the very first week. Mm. So when that was done, the trust was back up. Some of the stuff Patrick, I found out, had said about me, um, patients had counted it, and it was everything worked out in the end. But at the time, it was hard because I didn't have time. I had to get someone preaching there the next Sunday. I didn't have any trust with people because there was a mystery that I didn't know. I couldn't explain the mystery to them. My, my ability as a good leader was impaired because someone just walked out the door. And I didn't have a treasure to immediately give those people. So that's when a change makes is difficult. Mm. And so if you know you don't have a treasure, then see if you can increase the time. If you know you don't have the time, can you increase the trust? You know, can you explain why this has to happen? Can you, can you be more open with the people? And if you get those three things right, the time, the trust, the treasure, then change will be easier. When, when those things are all impaired, then change is going to be harder. So that, that's, that's really the answer to that. Mm, that's really good. Mm. Very helpful. The next question says uh, from Charter, how do you identify leaders and what are you looking for in people that are potential leaders? Um, like I said, the, the number one thing mm. is character. Mm. And so where do you see character? You see character in the small things. Okay, it's the small foxes that spoil the vines. Mm. Okay, so you, you, you look... And, and I, I try and look for family things. What are the children like? How does he treat his wife? How does she treat her husband? Yeah. Does the wife seem happy or does she just seem so subdued she can't say anything to anybody? Those are the things I start looking for. Are they faithful? Okay. And again, you don't appoint a leader out of nowhere. So before someone starts a new church, yeah. you know, are they going to run a small group? Are they going to do this? Are they going to do that? They run a small group. How does a small group treat that person? Are they constantly trying to do things their way? You know, if I say, right, we're going to all do this Bible study next week in all of our small groups, I guarantee there's going to be one or two of my elders. Well, I want to do this Bible study. Okay, well, we're not going to do that. We're going to do this. You know, and eventually most people are, yep, that's fine. That's what you say. Then let's go with that. Um, but I had one guy this time, and we were introducing a Bible study we're all doing in September. He told me, well, why? And I thought, well, I need to build the trust with this guy. He's clearly not understanding it. And I said, well, the reason is, 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 is a number of reasons. One is because it's a study I really feel is going to help us all. It's Andrew Womack's study on how to walk on water. I said, I really think it's going to tie in with what God wants to do in the new year. I said, secondly, in three weeks' time, I'm going to pass the two churches. I'm going to be preaching in the morning and then driving to 100 miles and preaching in the evening every week. Mm. And so I've got groups that meet on Monday night. I don't want to have to sometime between Sunday night and Monday night have to write a study which I've been doing, you know, coming home Sunday morning and writing in the afternoon, but I don't have to do that. I don't have to, I need more margin in my time. I'm going to be pastoring 30, 40 new people that I'm not pastoring right now directly as their pastor. So it's nicer to have a study that's pre-written for this season. And finally, it's nicer if we're all doing the same study, because I guarantee, and, um, you know, use Andrew's materials. Sometimes Andrew doesn't take the best care in the world and how he expresses himself. <laughs> and so, He's going to say something, and there's going to be issues arising from that week. But won't it be nice that every single small group across every single tree of life has got the same issue with the same chapter, and I only have to respond once? Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yes, because I know what I'm doing, because I've been doing this for 11 years. And I didn't think I had to have that conversation with an elder, but I did. You know, but that, that's okay because we want to build the trust. But someone like that, you think, okay, I'm just going to keep an eye on that because that's a character issue. Mm. That's a compatibility issue. And so look at those small things. I look at those small things. I look at people who show initiative. That's really important. And uh, that show ownership as well. Mm. I, I went to Elam Bible College. Elam was started by George Jeffries, a very gifted healing evangelist. And he used to throw litter 
used to throw litter out of his office. And uh, outside his office window was the path between the college where all the classrooms were and the chapel. So before they had their chapel out at the beginning of the day, he'd throw the litter out and all the students would come from the classrooms and he would see who picked up. He'd mark those people as potential leaders in his movement because they owned it. It's there. And so people might come to me and they'll go, I'm sure Shane's heard similar language expressed. They go, Shane, Shane, this church has a problem. What's this church going to do about the homeless? What's this church going to do about this? What's this church going to do about that? And I say, well, you're part of this church and you just spotted the problems. What are you going to do, church? Because they need to own that. And yet a lot of people use language like, what's this church going to do? Well, how come you're saying this church? Aren't we the church together? And so I'm looking for people who have ownership of the church. You understand they're part of it, mm. they show initiative, they're faithful in small things. That, that, that um, I also am very wary of people who are driven by the spotlight, who want to be up the front. You know, and uh, there, there, there's a phrase in my ears I, I listen for, and it goes, Well, I don't do. I don't do teas and coffees. I don't do children. I don't do ushering. I don't do coming in early. I don't do. And you think, come on now, if you want to be faithful, you've got to do. To mm-hmm. express in what you do. No, I'm not. So there are definitely some people I wouldn't let anyone near the children, whether they wanted to or not. But, you know, this attitude of I'll, I'll do whatever it needs done, I'll do it. You know, and actually, it's the people at the other extreme. They cause problems, too, because they'll do anything, even though they're no good at it. because They just want to help. Like, yeah, yeah, we'll do the computers. How do you turn this on? What do we do? What do we press? And they, 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 I'd rather someone like that. I'd much rather someone like that who's just prepared to give anything a go because they're always moving. There's always energy and there's always life. They're the kind of people I want to promote. And again, it's much, much easier to find someone with character and then teach them how to do the job than find someone to do the job and then teach them character. Mm. Much, much easier. And then there's that third element I always talk about. It's character, capability, can they do the job? Then this third element, this, this changed the way we did church. It made things so much easier for us. It's compatibility. Do we get along? Do they do things the tree of life way? Do they understand why we do what we do and our culture and our principles? Mm. You know, and if not, they can stay another year before we promote them. Mm. That's so good. It's a Thank great you, question. Ben. Yeah, it's a great question. We, we, we had a, a situation and, uh, you know, exactly with that last point of compatibility and you know it was someone that we got along with someone who we seem to believe majority on the same path with and you know they uh they maybe lacked a bit of character but uh the compatibility was the biggest part and that everything we we were doing should have been done differently and you know like the the temptation from from our side as senior leaders is to try and make it work, especially if it's a friend or you get along with them well, or they're a gifted individual or people like them, or you just have a small church and you don't want to lose people. And so our, our temptation is to try our best to make it work when you've got to realize that not everyone is going to stay in your church and your church isn't for everyone. You know, that, that's the first thing, even just with relationships in general, you can't be friends with everyone. Yeah. Some people you shouldn't be friends with, not because they're bad, not because you're bad, but just because maybe it's just not meant to be a relationship because you've only got so much time in your life. So, you know, don't waste your time as a, a senior leader, as a, a church mm. planter, or trying to build a team. Yeah. Don't try and, and invest into keeping people. Now, we've got a, <laughs> we, we got this from, from Arthur Menches. Uh, a friend, a mutual friend of Ben and mine, and he said, he said to 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 me, you know, never try and 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 um, uh, make. Or he said, make it easy for people to come and make it easy for people to leave. Yeah, exactly. And, and so we, we had this. And, and, <coughs> yeah, it's it's in a great teaching he's got as well on um, secu- insecurities in ministry. And, mm. and he just said, you know, um, yeah, if people want to leave, if you have to convince them to stay, you're going to have to continue convincing them. That's good. So, so let people leave. And, and what I've done over the years, because we've had many people leave, <laughs> but if they let me know that they're leaving, if they don't just drop off the face of the earth, because you'll have that. And you've got to learn not to carry that. And you've got to learn not yeah. to let that affect your heart. That's a big one, uh, which I wish I had given an hour or two now if I think about it, because mm. it's so vital. But yeah, you know, um, that that's something that I had to learn the hard way. 
but not to carry those things as wounds, but let them go. But what I've done was people, I, I had this one guy who, who uh, you know, the same guy who, 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 who said, you know, I'm ready to preach. When can I preach? That kind of guy. Mm. And, um, you know, he, he had been faithful for, I think, three months or so on the sound desk and, and said his season at the sound desk was up. <laughs> and now God's called him to preach and anyway uh, uh, it's funny that you know when you hear it said like that but in the moment it's challenging and anyway so he he he, he had told everyone or a couple of people why he was leaving the church he's upset with Shane having done this and that the next thing or whatever and uh, I had someone contact me and say so-and-so is going to call you they want to leave I was like, okay, that's fine. And I'm in the middle of stuff. I'm busy driving to a new city and I'm, I'm mm -hmm. trying to find this place that we're going to stay because we're going to minister and this and that. And he messages me and says, um, you know, I, I need to call you. When can we talk? And I messaged him back and I said, well, um, I'm, 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 and I even had a traffic officer stop me in this whole thing because I was uh, going over a yellow line because I was lost and, and she helped direct me and, yeah, and I just had to say to him, I can't talk now. I, I can talk to you uh, this evening. I'll give you a call. Mm. And it wasn't 10 minutes later. He, could, he didn't have the patience to wait you know, for a few hours. He, he emailed me and he said, um, God's told me, he started off, God's told me that I can't grow any further in Grace Life uh, and I need to leave and move on. But we appreciate uh, uh, you and, you know, goodbye. And uh, I'm, I'm just messaged him back and I said, well, I'm not going to argue with God. Uh, if you feel God's calling you to leave, then by all means, like uh, go and be blessed. We'll miss you. But if you feel God's calling you to come back, please, we'd, we'd, we'd love to receive you back. Yeah. And, and what I did there for him was instead of allowing him to burn a bridge, I helped him build a bridge. Yeah. And he came back on a number of occasions, on odd occasions yeah. over the years. Uh, uh, and that's because there was an opportunity for him to come back. Mm. And so all I'm saying is, is don't be insecure that you're trying to keep people, you know, and especially the wrong people. Is there yeah, anything absolutely. else from anyone else or anything that you want to add, Ben, in closing? No, I think what you said is absolutely right. You know, um, I took call our pastors to a pastor's conference in the UK and the guy said, you never see a bus driver break down in tears because someone gets off the bus. You, you know, <laughs> you, you, no, no one's paying you to have the most number of passengers. They're paying you to take the bus where it needs to go. That's so and good. our mission is to go somewhere. And if people don't want to go, then um, that that's on them. You know, yeah. that's, that's, that's you can't force someone to go where they don't want to go. I agree. And the big thing about protecting your heart, for, certainly for uh, me, was not to take these things personally. It's never personal. Yeah. You know, and it wasn't until I had a, a personal trainer who I had to tell him not to take things personally because someone would leave us. It's not you. They, they, they just want to eat cakes and donuts. It's got nothing to do with you. It's on them. <laughs> and when I realized yeah. that, I saw a mirror myself. Some people just don't want to go where we're going. Yeah. And for some people, it's right. They're not built the way we're built. God's built them to go a different direction. Other people, that, that, that's when it hurts me. Is when they leave our church, if they go leave our church and they go somewhere else and they're fruitful and they're thriving, they're probably you know happier in the worship, they're probably learning more because they're listening to a pastor they actually like, and you know they're, they're bringing their friends to church. I'm really happy. That makes me happy. Mm. But when someone leaves and then they're not going to church, then you, you see on Facebook it's not about Jesus anymore. It's about you know their coin collection or their stamp collection or something you know just equally bland. Or you see you know that they're moving in with someone they shouldn't be, and you think. That's when I get broken hard. But again, you, you can't take that person. You can't carry that around with you. You know, you've just got to love them. Like you said, uh, you know, you, you, every church needs a good on-ramp and a good off-ramp. Mm. That's no, where it needs to be. And I mean, so you make the the the, the door, the, the welcome door for everybody, like as wide mm. as possible, you know. But the, the, the return visitors and the people who eventually become members or, or mm. become part of your, your, your church, it's going to be a lot fewer people because, you know, they're going to get to know you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we had, we had a guy, uh, uh, he, had, he was with us for years, but because he was uh, uh, working in another city, he wasn't with us often. And uh, uh, as soon as he moved into our city, into our town, and he was there permanently and he was there every week, 
uh, it was in a couple of weeks and all of a sudden he was trying to correct me on some things, some important things and uh, 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 disagreeing with it. And, and I just said, you know what, we've always believed this. I didn't just start teaching this, you know, and, and he was like, uh, he left quickly, you know. We, we, we also have people who try and create their own church that doesn't exist. Mm. How, how do I express this? You know, like we, had, we just had a four day <laughs> conference. And it was a four-day conference. It was planned. It was structured, and it started, and it, it wove, and God spoke all the way through it. And if you'd gone to the whole thing, you'd have got, you know, built up to that level. Mm. But some people can't do a four-day conference, I and mean, for some reason, there's, there's important reasons. Other people, it's just whatever. But they create their own one-day conference. You know, they go Friday night and one session Saturday, which they turn <laughs> up. Like yeah. And they're saying people go, this conference should have been longer. And it's like it was. Your conference was too short. Yeah. But the conference we did was the right length. And some people built a church where, you know, we, we had a situation where somebody was only going to the services I wasn't going to. Yeah. You know, they, they built a tree of life church. And those people, eventually, they're going to hit reality because that's not the, the church that's really there. Yeah. And so that that's hard sometimes to do with that and to process that. But again, mm. it's about loving people, helping people, wanting the best mm. for people and, and, and not letting it get into your heart. Yeah. And, and I think it's important to just re-emphasize this in closing to, uh, for everybody, because whether you're a, a life group leader or you're just uh, discipling people or reaching out or pastoring or going to, especially if you're going to plant a new work, is you're going to have people reject you. You're going to have people abuse you and misuse you and say things to you. I mean, oh, I want to laugh. <laughs> and, and that's the best response rather than getting upset yeah. about it. You know, we, 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 uh, I, I sent uh, uh, Ben once a screenshot of, of some choice words that were, <laughs> yes. were <laughs> and, you know, he, he sent me a screenshot and said, uh, you know, uh, and we were comparing and, you know, yeah. I won that day. But you the, did indeed. <laughs> but the, the point is, is like, you know, if, if you take everything personally, you're, you're, go sell ice cream. At a good price because people like will like you then you know this is not to be liked and and the thing that's helped me get through this is is is, is being convinced of i'm living this is this is eternity yeah. and so i'm not going to get upset because you don't like the way i preach i had someone saying i should be more like joseph prince and in my approach and the way i say things and i said but i'm not joseph prince <laughs> i don't have anything against him but i'm that's not who i am why would anyone choose to be a second-rate joseph prince i'm not looking at joseph prince here yeah but there was nothing that you couldn't copy him perfectly yeah so why would you choose that over yeah. being a first-rate shane holsgrove it's insane but i mean i i always say that they give me the cds of the preacher they want me to sound like and they buy me the shirts of the preacher they want me to look like <laughs> that's true yeah oh, you know goodness. and it's like we we had one guy this, this story is more humorous than, than educational but it, it just shows what people like and he was in one of our churches and he'd come from another church in another part of the country it's quite a famous church in the uk and so every time i made a decision he said well in that church they would do this and in that church they'd mm. do this and every, it was just always constantly buying heads with me to the point where i knew if i was going to say we're going to do that no even we're going to sing this song. No, in that church, they sing this song. Mm. And so I sat down with him once and I said, listen, I said, I'm not trying to be rude to you, but you're unemployed. You've got no work ties to this area. Your kids mm. have left school. You've got no education ties to this area. Move back and go to that church. Mm. You'd be happy there. And he said, um, I can't. I said, why not? He goes, because it closed down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless his heart. <laughs> Yeah. I'm like, why do you want me to be more like a church that didn't make it? <laughs> oh, no. That is too funny. Yeah. You know, and, and the, this is the thing is like things like this, you let them roll off. You don't, you don't yeah. hold them down. You don't take them seriously. You let it go. And, you know, uh, you have to learn to do that because there's going to be lots of things that you can carry. And, and I honestly had that. At our, uh, you know, someone had a picture of me with arrows in my back. And I was still carrying them and God was wanting to remove them and bring healing. And I mean, yeah, it, it was weighing down on me physically because, you know, that emotional stuff does and, mm. and it carried it for years. And eventually, you know, dealt with it to the place where now I live a let go life of I don't carry your rejection, you know, because it's your loss. <laughs> yeah. And you, you, you just get on with it because there's a world to win. There's people to disciple. There's work exactly. to be done. What One of our newer... Um, ministers in training I got them to open up the service in Dagenham once and they, it was quiet I think it was a summer and 
it's going back a few years and there was very few people there at the start of the service and people were coming in late and he just went off on one where's all the people why should people like him uh, and i understood where it came from but afterwards i said look i said there was 20 something people mm. who were there and had made an yeah. effort and had got there on time and they didn't need you doing that that's you Definitely. need to celebrate them for yeah. being there and it's the same any service if, if half the church turn up don't break the half that away bless yeah. everybody I was preaching once and the, the pastor basically got up and apologized for lack of people to come to hear me preach. I didn't care. I said, let's get up and have a masterclass. Only a few of us, let's just do it. And, you know, I, I don't know why they didn't come. I don't know what they'd heard about me. I don't know what was going on. I don't care. Mm. You know, well, let, let's just teach the people who come, make disciples, people who come, make some people there and, and not worry about these things. We know mm. what God's called us to do. And it's like Amen. what you said about Arthur. A lot of this comes out of insecurity. Everything traces back to character. Mm, why is exactly. it i can raise up leaders like richard and lee and ashley and people like that and mm -hmm. patients because i don't care that we have a conference at the end of it people go man you were good ben but ashley man he was up there good i'm glad you were fed mm. you know and it's amazing how much this all comes back to character we were two people left the church oh well i did have a church of 60 now it's only 50 something oh no i'm gonna tell people the next <laughs> pastor's conference i go to <laughs> You know? So good. Yeah. If you were listening, you 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 would have got so much out of this uh, this time. And if uh, you're not in leadership, uh, or you're in leadership under uh, uh, myself or Ben or another senior leader, you you understand us so much better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but thank you so much, Ben. I really appreciate you and your time and uh, what an investment I believe into so many people. So um, yeah, I I really uh, appreciate you. So thank you. Thank you, Shane. Appreciate that. And uh, to everybody else, just uh, thank you for joining us. It's really been a, a blessing. It's been a, a, a great time. I trust that it has been for you. Um, I will, I'm going on a mission tomorrow and um, uh, we'll only be back the following Sunday. And so I won't uh, be able to upload the, the, the teachings and things this week, but uh, I'll make them available for everyone because I really believe these are the kind of things you want to listen to again and then share with friends who are in ministry, who wanting to plant churches. Uh, this is valuable stuff. So um, we'll, we'll make that available uh, as soon as possible. Remember, if you, yeah, if you registered for this, then you would have got an email with the banking details. If you're wanting to make a, a, a gift towards the speakers, uh, it's always appreciated. And um, I just want to pray for you guys. So father, I just want to thank you for um Every single person, every single ministry, every single family, every single uh, church that's represented in this conference. And uh, I just speak blessing. I speak increase over them in the name of Jesus. Increase of revelation of the, 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 the message of the gospel, a revelation of your goodness, Father, and, and of Jesus. That we would grow in our relationship with you and as an overflow, ministry would increase. Life would increase around us. People would be drawn to us because we're fountains of life, that we would see an increase of souls. We would see an increase of discipleship and maturing taking place. Father, I pray for every family and every marriage that, that there would just be an increase of love and life manifesting there. I just thank you that, that, that there's a protection over us. Because of the, that it doesn't matter what attacks come against us. We can stand up against them because the greater one lives in us. I just feel like really there's somebody here. You, you need to hear this, that don't be uh, 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 distracted by the attack on your marriage and your family right now. You know, it needs to be corrected through, 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 through focus, like one or more parties have the wrong focus and need to correct their focus. But I just feel like the Lord's just saying to you that don't, don't let this upset you right now in a sense of stop what you're doing. Pray for your spouse, love your spouse, and receive God's love for yourself. That's the answer. And I feel like there's somebody else that you, you're really suffering with because you've been carrying rejection of people in your, your church, people who've left, people who've criticized you, people who've said that it's not good enough or whatever. And I just, just feel the Spirit saying to you, let it go. Don't carry that. Don't carry that. That's not for you to carry. Cast that burden onto Jesus because he cares for you. Father, I just 
just thank you right now for freedom in that individual's heart, for freedom in their life, that they would not allow themselves to be burdened by things that, that are, 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 they should let go of in light of eternity. They shouldn't even try, they remember or hold on to. I speak healing to their heart right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Amen. And amen. Thank you, everybody. Have a wonderful day, evening further, whatever it is, wherever you are. Uh, appreciate all of you and thank you for being a part of this.